This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 421 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Fit and Kentucky Performance Products. Today on the show, we are going to continue with our Dissecting the Movements with Judge Sarah Geeky. We are going to tackle the walk pirouette. Scoffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Reese. Well, hey, Phil, how are you? I'm doing great. I love it. Do you have now? Do you guys have a horse show this weekend, or you have a couple weeks off? What's going on up there? Oh no, we got another horse show. Always every every weekend, basically from the end of May until the end of August. Some horse show going going on somewhere that I've got to go to coach at or to ride at or something, you know? So, so when you're traveling the world and I'm in Florida (laughs) and you kind of make me feel bad, like, Oh, we have to schedule a show around my trip to Hawaii or the Galapagos islands. Now I, I kind of enjoy this time. Everybody when Phil's having to work super (laughs) hard. hard. I'm working hard now so that I can go somewhere cool in the fall. True. That is very true. I love it. I love it. But, I but like it. you said, this is a very busy time for you, and there's lots going on. And for me, it, it's kind of uh, now we train. Now we really train. That's the difference in sort of our schedules. Uh, now I'm sort of what you would normally be doing in the winter, I'm doing, and I've already yeah. shown. And so you we see, we, you, yeah. you get the, the two different perspectives depending on the season. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're showing, and I'm we training. Switch roles. So. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. We're training really hard and working really hard and uh, doing all that. So I love it. That's really good. Well, really we've good. got a little news here. Yeah, that, we do. We've uh, some interesting news. got posted news. to our Facebook page and, and all around, you know, all the all the news and the social media is that um, equestrian sports have been approved for the 2024 and the, tw- oh, well, the 2020 and the 2024 games. Mm-hmm. And it looks like... Um, for dressage, we are going to have a little bit different format. It's going to go with a, um, each nation will have um, a three-member team instead of four. Normally, we had a four-member team, and then you got you know the 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 big teams would have a drop score. Um, that's not going to happen for the next game, so um, that's going to make, make it a little bit tougher. Um, you know, right. as we've seen before, you know, every team, once in yeah. a while you get. Uh, an elimination of a team member that sort of means now if there is an elimination of a team member that whole team will be mm-hmm. at a huge disadvantage so um, not all the teams have been really happy about this um, but they've done this so that they can include more nations in competing in dressage so we can right. kind of see the point of that because the olympics is about a little bit more inclusion of you know, more, more teams than just Europe. So if they get a few more developing dressage nations in, that will help to foster the sport and build it as a worldwide, you know, competitions, um, you can kind of see, you know, what's going on there. So um, mm-hmm. there will be 200, 200 horses included in the Olympics and 60 will be in dressage. Yep. That's so, right. The rest will be jumping. 
The same yeah, thing happens. Yeah, the, the rest will be jumpers, and and the eventers will take out the the uh, the all the other um, what was it 140 horses. So, um, it's great. I mean, you know, the the longer that we stay in the Olympics, the longer yeah, the world gets sure. experience our sport. I think that's great for um, you know inclusion and and uh, building the sport. Um, I see here in the news also that Los Angeles and Paris will are applying for the 2024 games. I guess the um, between those two cities, one will get the 2024 games and the other will get the 2028 games. So oh, just depends cool. who's going to host it host it first. first. Yeah. And we're going to find oh. out mid this when mid September when um, you know when each of those cities will be hosting the games. But the next one, 2020 Tokyo. Um, you know, a lot of riders have talked about, you know, getting mounts for that horse and building the horses that they have, maybe at the small tour level or, or you know, the ones that are just starting Grand Prix now will be uh, aiming for those games. Mm-hmm. Very so it's exciting. time to get geared up, right? We're always, time to go. You know, we're always gearing up very, very early because <laughs> it takes so long. You know, it takes so long to get them to the top. Yes, it does. It does. Oh, very exciting stuff. Well, Phil, this week, um, we're not going to lie. We got some special requests for this movement. Phil and I were just going to gloss over the walk pirouette. Yeah, we might have tried to avoid the (laughs) the walk pirouette because it's kind of hard and complicated to teach. And (laughs) I think that can be because no two horses need, need the same riding in the walk pirouette. They all, you know, have a different kind of trick to it. You know, I, I don't know how else to say it really, but they, some horses need a little this, a little that. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to attempt to do our our best at demystifying the walk pirouette. Um, we'll yeah. do our best, right? We'll our Sarah Geek right is a great yeah. a great judge. We've have her up here in Canada quite a bit, and I know that she travels all around the U.S. and uh, and she's also a trainer. And so she's uh, so we've had her on the job. show before, and she's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. we're looking forward we're looking forward to that segment. This nutrition minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes, who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats, and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot... Trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
Well, tonight I am so very excited to have Sarah Geeky on. She is an examiner for the USDF certified instructor and a faculty member. She's an FEI four-star judge and a USDF, USEFS judge. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Reese and Philip. It's a pleasure to be here. We are, we have given you probably, I think, the most difficult assignment. <laughs> and Philip and I okay. were joking before the show. We're like, oh my goodness, walk pirouettes are one of the hardest movements to ride and teach. So we called you because you can do both. So we want to start talking about the walk pirouette. And we're going to go our first section from the trainer's perspective. So okay. let's just get started from the beginning. When do you start walk pirouettes? How do you introduce them to your horses? Okay. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that my basic training strategy for pretty much all of the exercises is I like to break them down into small, easily, easily achievable pieces so that for the horse's standpoint and the rider's standpoint, um, it becomes very logical. So with that thought in mind, I really set the, the framework for walk pirouettes when the horse is young, when he's training level horse, where you're teaching him the ABCs of going forward, coming back, you know, and turning and bending. And the first, the first thing that the horse has to learn is the turning aids. And it's interesting how people, people lump turning aids together with bending. And they're actually, they're, they're related and they're similar, but they're very different concepts from the horse's perspective. So what I do with my young horses is I teach them to turn from my outside aids, uh, outside leg, outside lower leg, outside knee, outside upper leg, seat bone, and a soft, supple outside rein. And I want the horse to understand that when he feels my outside aids come against him in timing with the movement of his outside shoulder, that that just means move over. So that's the first simple thing, concept that the horse has to learn. So I do that training level. I do that in the walk. I do that in the trot. Um, basically oh, and those sorry, sorry, Sarah. I just, can we, can we break it down into like an exercise that you're doing or, or describe the lines that you would ride this on? I was just going to do that. Okay. Oh, perfect. That's a great. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So the way I would do that would be to ride for example, a turn across the school, uh, for example, going from E to B, so that at E, I could turn right and go straight across and then B turn left, uh, so that you're essentially making a square turn, right? The horse is not necessarily bent and looking to the outside. You still have the sense that he is active with the inner hind and he's around your inside leg, uh, but you're clearly accomplishing a turn from the outside aid. So it feels like a square turn. It feels like a 90 degree turn as compared to a soft bending line that you might do on a 20 meter circle, for example. Um, so I would do it on those letters. When you think about it, a turn down center line at the lower levels is really a turn using exactly the same aids that I outlined. I want to clarify too, when I talked about these aids, of the outside turning aids, I'm, I don't want to imply that we lean or sit to the outside. We still want to sit level. It's the timing of our aids and where the emphasis 
of our aids is it gives the horse the idea of what to do. So that's the first thing I do. Once the horse learns this and he easily understands um, to turn from the outside aids as he is following my weight aid through the turn, then I uh, would start um, assuming that there's no major issues in the walk, I would start making some quarter turns on the haunches in the walk. And again, I would make them very easy. And I could, for example, pick some letters in the arena. Um, perhaps when you get to um, the RSVP letters, you might make a quarter turn, um, go across the arena, and before the next letter, make another quarter turn. So that you're going to the second phase by incorporating the turning aids, um, but you're doing them a little bit more proper, so to speak, in the sense that now you are really going to um, add into the turning aids the concept that the horse needs to be more around your inside leg. The, and the other aspect that you will be incorporating in the sec- second step, second phase rather, is that in preparation for the turn, you're going to shorten the walk steps maybe a couple strides before the turn. So in essence, you're using a half halt to collect the walk, not a collected walk proper like FEI, but just briefly to shorten the steps and to get the horse more active um, prior to the turn. So it gradually begins to resemble something like a turn on the haunches. Um, so I would proceed that way. And because of the horse's nature, having a stiff hollow side, it's going to be easier one side and easier the other side. Um, more difficult. So, Sarah, side, Sarah I can I just say. jump in for a second? Sorry. Can I just sure. jump in for a second? Um, can we talk about, you know, what a collected walk feels like? Because I think that a lot of people confuse collected with slower. So, okay, you know, is there anything is, that, is there anything that you... Uh, think about when you're making the walk a little bit more collected or, yes, you know, ways to prevent the horse from slowing down in the, in the quarter turns, yeah. which I kind of see a lot in my, you know, instructing is, is the horse really yeah. slow and then making a turn that looks a little bit like the horse is stuck in mud. And yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that's what we're after either. That's a brilliant question. And that's a very, very, very good point at the lower levels where you're teaching a turn on the haunches we know that's done from a medium walk, and um, the medium walk is active, has four clear beats. The horse is in a good contact and balance. As I was talking about collecting the walk in this particular scenario of an exercise, what we want to do is shorten the steps, but most importantly, create the feeling that the horse gets quicker off our aids, off our leg and a little quicker and more electric feeling with his hind legs. And what that does is it helps to create the balance that the horse needs to negotiate the turn. Because really the two factors in a turn on the haunches or a pirouette in the walk involve the activation of the hind legs and the horse's ability to be supple enough and mobile enough in the shoulders to turn them around while he keeps the rhythm in the walk and while he's bent to some degree around our inside aid. So that's, that's in, in that context, that's how I would define a collected walk. 
if we wanted to jump ahead and look at a medium walk um, in relation to a collective walk, we know a walk, turn on the haunches is done from medium um, walk and the pirouette in the walk is done from a collected walk. And so the difference becomes, um, the difference between those two is that in the collected, the horse can sustain a shortened base of support behind the saddle as in more activity, quicker hind legs, not slower hind legs, um, for a more sustained period because he's demonstrating a collected walk. And um, that, the collected Sarah, walk, sorry, what level, what yes? level comes in the walk pirouettes? Because this is super important to know that there is actually a difference between the turn on the haunches and the walk pirouettes. There's a huge difference. That's a good question. Um, in second level, as you do a turn on the haunches, all right. In third level, you do a turn on the haunches. And from then on in, you do a pirouette in the walk because you're there. It's ridden from the collected walk. Um, even when a rider is doing a turn on the haunches, one of the biggest issues and shortcomings is that the horse is not in the right balance to do a turn on the haunches. And what usually happens is their frame is too long. Their strides are too big. They're covering too much ground. Mm -hmm. So when they get go to prepare the horse for the turn, he's simply not in the right balance to, to be able to do it um, in the right way. So that's why even in the um, for a turn on the haunches, we talk about shortening the walk right before the turn to create that balance. Sarah, can I, can I tell you? Can I tell Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that was perfect. That's pretty good. That's perfect. Can I okay. um, tell you a little exercise that I add to, to kind of help that concept? Um, because I yeah. liked you talking about the, the riding the box and, and the quarter turns, you know, between RSVP. Um, so if I have mm -hmm. a kind of a slow, lazy horse, what I like to do is kind of do short trot segments in between the, you know, so where I'll do a quarter turn, trot out of it come back, mm -hmm. do a quarter turn, trot out of it so that I don't end up with a horse that's much slower coming out of the turn than the horse. I, I find that if the horse sort of anticipates the trot a little bit, only if it's a, it's a quiet kind of your behind the leg kind of horse, you know, I don't mm -hmm. do it with a horse that is, you know, a little hot to trot anyways and a little hot off the mm -hmm. leg. But what I'd like them to be is hot off the leg. So, so if they anticipate the trot coming out of the turn, then they come through the quarter turn what I find they come through the, the quarter turn with a little more energy and excitement about it because they're, they're thinking, okay, and then I'm going to trot off. And I, I find that that helps build the horse's strength and confidence from the rear end a little bit. So that's kind of that's what I do you know, from training horses. That's what I, what's what I think about. So just wondering if there's any other, you know, things that you do, you know, with horses of, of different natures that would help with these exercises and help develop the, well, the quarter turns and, and the yeah. activity. For, you know, the really to create the right balance to do it is the whole, whole key to the key to the exercise. And what you described is very good for a horse that might be a little bit dull or maybe not a quick thinking horse. For a hotter horse, uh, you might find that you would really want to stay in the walk and maybe inter, you know, maybe intersperse halts. I'd like to do a yeah. pirouette or turn on the Sticking haunches. the other way a little walk. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Halt, just let him stand quietly and settle and then walk forward and then ride another one. 
there's so many ways to, to mix it up. Um, another thing that I do often is I ride shoulder in um, and then use the shoulder in as a preparation for um, the pirouette or the turn on the haunches because that also helps to create the right alignment and the right balance for the horse because he does need to be straight between your aids. And Another Sarah, thing I... No, no, go ahead. No, my question was going to be, what if you have a horse that has a little bit of a tricky rhythm in the walk? You know, that's always a, 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 t- a trick. It's hard to answer that um, for, without seeing it, but if you have a horse that's a little funny, what do you, what do, you do with that? Um, interesting question because yeah. one of the things we often see in judging is the horse mechanically will take make the right steps and be on the right pattern, but because of the tension, which is almost always through the back and the top line, they lose the regularity, and that's a serious fault. So what I do with those kind of horses is I ride them deep. I don't ride them uphill in, say, the finished product collection or balance that you'd want for that test. I ride them low enough so that they can really keep their back soft and keep the connection continuously throughout their whole top line um, to the bit so that you're really focusing on the supple connection throughout. Um, And I find that's very helpful. And then with those kind of horses, I also would make it larger. I would make it even bigger than a schooling pirouette or schooling turn on the haunches so that you emphasize the alignment going into it and the relaxation of the steps and keeping the rhythm in the walk. And that's a really good way to preserve the relaxation in those kinds of horses, but also to really keep the horse active. Um, A little bit of an aside is you can also carry through um, the idea of the turns on the haunches and the pirouettes by riding the same kind of turns in the trot. So like with horses that are, um, Philip, as you were saying, that are a little bit um, on the slower side, once they understand the mechanics of the turn, I will sometimes ride um, a pattern where, where I would do shoulder four and trot, collect, collect, quarter turn, straight ahead and shoulder four, where you're able to keep the activity a little bit easier in the trot and still get the benefit of, of the turn um, to improve the horse. Yeah, I think that's a great way for so, teaching. You know, in all three gates, this these quarter turns are a great way for for developing your your um, your collection in all the gates. I think you know, and absolutely. And as you develop absolutely. the horses, I think this is an exercise that you have to maintain all the way up to you know probably Grand Prix because. I also use these ideas when when teaching uh, a piaf because if you can allow the horse a little bit of a forward turning aid, they they don't get so on the spot and nervous, you know. So I think that's you know, like exactly. I said, to develop and the suppleness, uh, you know, and a little bit traver idea and a little bit shoulder idea is is very beneficial for you know getting the horse kind of on the spot, but not quite stuck on the spot with two. You know, stopping. You know, with two stopping reins and no bend and no suppleness and no relaxation. Exactly. So, exactly. I you're, think you're so yeah, right. when, when you're starting to develop this in training level and taking it all the way through the horse's complete development, you've got a complete picture in mind. You know, that's what. So that's why I yeah. like you. You said you you introduce it early, but you know through 
through different goals and achieving more and more collection in all the gates, it has a it has a very similar theme. That's what I like. You're so right. And I mean, it's a simple concept, and and as the horse progresses, you're just building upon it. And um, I loved what you said about the higher levels in Piaf, and I just would like to reiterate that if you think that um, the more mobile we can get the shoulders, as in turning them and bringing them up with our aids, then the more we can access the hind end, and we find that later on when we are schooling Piaf, it, it, it comes easy once the horse understands that concept. Right, so I love how you're kind of, building it, yeah. What what to complete what I would do next? My next step would be is to ride half turns, but I would I always like to introduce them riding them a little bit bigger, even a little bit bigger than they're needed for at second and third levels, so that we can really emphasize control that the rider controls it, and that he can keep the activity and keep the rhythm. Often, once the horse and rider learn it, in particular if the rider's a little green, they they try too hard, and they end up making it on the spot, and then the horse sticks or steps out or does all these things that we don't want. Um, later on, with the more advanced horses, I school a lot of 360-degree walk pirouettes, um, again, making them large and really emphasizing the suppleness and being able to turn the shoulders to keep the bend, to keep the rhythm, to be able to stop it and start it on whatever you know stride I wanted to coming off of my age. I ride for that feeling. And as Philip said, um, the next the next step is the canter pirouette. So if the horse can do a really good walk pirouette, he knows the mechanics to do a canter pirouette. It's already built into him then it just becomes um, a question of getting him stronger and getting him more and more able to sustain the collection. So um, that's, that's how I approach it. That's fantastic. Um, Bite-sized pieces and building upon them. I love it. So with that, um, let's transition to the judge's perspective. You mean, you've talked about some really bad things, but what are some things as a judge that you're looking for in the walk pirouette with your other hat on? Okay. All right. Similar to many, most of the things I just said, when we judge these, um, we're looking to see, number one, the purity of the walk is maintained. You know, as I touched upon before, if there's tension in the connection, it almost always manifests itself in the loss of rhythm. And that is a serious fault. That's a low score. Um, So maintaining the rhythm, number one. And then number two, that the horse and the rider, um, because particularly at the lower levels, the riders simply don't know how to ride them. We're looking to see between the horse and rider that they understand the turning aids and that they're able to coordinate their aids to ride a fluid turn. A half turn on the haunches should be three to four steps. And the shoulders should move around the hind legs and the hind legs should, should, should walk. In, in the walk rhythm and be picked up and placed down the inside hind close to the same spot. Um, so the hind legs make a little circle, but it keeps walking. Um, so that's what we're looking for. Um, in second level, how big is too big for your hind legs little circle? Oh, 
Okay, I can't remember what it actually says on the test sheet. Isn't that okay? Bad? But you know, when when you look at it from the judge's <laughs> yeah. box, yeah. you know what what you yeah. know where are you small, starting to say, okay, that's circle. too big for a good score. Um, the biggest thing that happens at second level is the horse cannot move his shoulders around the hind legs. The shoulders are falling out at the beginning. And then when the rider goes to try and move the shoulders over, they don't move over. They don't move inward around the turn. So they end up making a humongous turn. (laughs) Um, So that's insufficient. The hind legs should move about three meters, roughly. I mean, it, it should be maintaining the rhythm, being picked up, placed down. Um, we need to double-check the size of that according to the test um, before you air it. But, but it should give the impression, I mean, like a general impression, the horse is in balance, the horse is turning, he's bent around the rider's inside leg, he keeps the walk rhythm without falling in, excessively or stepping to the outside with the outside hind leg, which is another very common fault that the horse steps out or he falls out or he's leaning on the outside shoulder. All of those things stem from lack of correct balance and preparation. So that's what we're looking for. Um, In the lower levels, the pirouettes are times two. Yeah. And it is amazing how if you get an insufficient score on those, how it brings your total score down. But also conversely, if they're done well, it brings your score up. My opinion from a training standpoint is that any horse of any ability level can learn to do a, a turn on the haunches or a walk pirouette properly and get a respectable score. It's, it's training. It's just training. That's all it is. This is one of those tactical movements that's all about the training. So, for instance, when we see a, a horse and rider that they do the turn on the paunches really well and they do other things like the halt rein back really well and the transitions are really good, those are signs that this is a well-trained, correctly trained horse those all factor into the submission score. So small details like that affect not just that movement, but the, the overall picture, particularly in the collective marks. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Okay. Okay. So um, can I just talk a bit about the rider? Please. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, things, please. Tell, tell us about the, the rider biggest, faults that you're seeing all okay. the time. We're going to try and uh, right. clean these things the, up for you. Okay, the biggest thing I see is the riders have no idea what they're doing. I mean, I hate to be blunt, but they just, that's how it looks to us. This is why we're doing this. You know, we'll, we'll, it's, it's clear that they don't understand what they're trying to do. So we see things like the rider sitting to the outside. We see their inside leg completely off the horse. Oh, that makes me crazy. We see them hauling the horse around with the reins. Um, those are those are the worst things. Yeah. Um, so preparation, all right, where they make half halts to get the horse more active and quicker behind to shorten the stride. 
They prepare with their outside turning aids, and they have to think that when you ride a turn on the haunches, it's the aids are very much like half pass. You're initiating with the outside turning aids, then you're bending the horse around the inside aids, then you're turning the horse again, then you're initiate, then you're adding the bending aids, and so on. So it's like a finely tuned, coordinated dance between the outside and the inside aids to bring about the harmonious picture. The rider has to sit to the inside. His legs need to be on loosely, but they need to be on and they need to influence the horse. So um, that's what we want to see. And preparing the walk is probably the most important aspect, that the horse is on the bit, that there he has the proper contact, but he also has connection, and that the rider can shorten the steps. So another exercise I do with horses, uh, I didn't mention it earlier, but I do it with horses and riders, is I will have them practice medium walk, shorten the steps a couple a couple strides, medium walk, shorten the steps, so that they get the feel for how to use their seat and their weight aid to do that, and then they feel what, what they need to have in the horse. Because a lot of times they just don't understand what feeling they're after. So Sarah, I have a, I have a, a quick question. Yeah. yeah, as pertains to the walk pirouette, of course. Um, what about the horses that will like take too many really itty bitty steps, or you know, when you see that kind of from the judge's viewpoint, where it's like six or eight steps just to get around, yeah. you know, a half turn. Yeah, and, that's, and what, that's that's also insufficient because the horse isn't taking the weight on the hind legs when they do that. And the whole purpose of the of doing the turn on the haunches and the pirouette is to teach the horse to take the weight on his hind legs. So when they take those tenths, you know, fifty thousand steps, they're not accomplishing yeah. that. Right. The other big benefit is of of the turn on the haunches is the increased suppleness in the shoulders. But it's really taking the weight that we're looking to see. And well, oh, sorry, one more so, question that I see, uh, some problems that I see um, more towards the third level, fourth level horses where you might see uh, the hind legs crossing to make the walk pirouette. What do you, what do you think is going on there? You mean the outside hind leg crossing over? Over, over the inside one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't see that that often. I have to be honest. Really? Yeah. yeah. I see it sometimes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not... It's not horribly bad. It's worse if the horse steps out or swings the haunches yeah. out. If, yeah. if he stays active with the inside hind leg and he's moving the shoulders around and that happens, I wouldn't worry so much about it okay. at all. Okay. Good. I'm just okay. trying to see, you know, kind of throw everything at you that I've seen yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> so, once in a while. Something but, like, yeah. yeah. Something like that also depends a little bit on the conformation of the horse, yeah. you know, how they're built behind. Makes sense. Um, sometimes you'll see the horse will cross their outside front leg, you know, cross the outside front leg over and in front of the inside front leg. And yeah. again, you know, if all the other criteria is met, that's that's okay. Got yeah. It. I was just kind of thinking of a horse that plants the inside hind and then is just stepping over it a little bit, right, where the activity is not well, if, is not really there. The and inner, so yeah, if if. Right. If it sticks on the inner hind, then that's not sufficient. Yeah. 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 Where it would take maybe two two steps 
to get around instead of you know your three or four. So yeah, that's that's still I guess it's it's in the same same problem area, but different end of the spectrum as the horse that takes a million steps to get around. Yeah. 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 Well, I well, think that about covers it. Yeah, Sarah, thank you so much. As you can see, everybody, this is oh. really difficult, and judges. They <laughs> they want us to do them better because everyone struggles with this movement. This is a very hard movement. And take what Sarah said to heart and, and really practice them. Uh, but Sarah, thank you so much for your time. And how oh, can our listeners welcome. how can our listeners find you online? Well, I am I have my website, Sarah Geeky Dressage. Um, you have to pardon our dust because we're in the process of redoing it. I live in Connecticut, rural Connecticut, in a part that's called um, the Quiet Corner. It's a very <laughs> rural part, but we have a lot of dressage activity here. And um, I teach and train uh, here in Connecticut, and I do many, many clinics in New England, as well as across the country, as, as well as judging. I love to teach. I, I love to help people get better. That's my passion, as you can probably tell. And we are so yeah. thankful that you shared it with us tonight. Sarah, thank you yeah. so much for your okay. time. Okay, thank you for having me, both of you. Thank you. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief curve at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, Jen, you have a listener question for us. I do. I, get, I gleaned Love one it. from Facebook. <laughs> and uh, this, this one comes compliments of our guest wrangler, Denise, who is blessed to have uh, one of her semi-retired leopard Appaloosas was a dressage horse in a former life. And he really doesn't do okay. much for a living nowadays. He just stands around and looks adorable. But she's been getting a hankering to maybe hop up there and see if she can't uh, get him to do some of his old tricks, so to speak. Uh, but Denise, right. Denise is an avid trail rider, and she rides gated horses. So dressage, not her forte usually. So her question is, do you have any suggestions for making dressage more interesting for newbies? Something besides going around in endless circles. So maybe you guys have some <laughs> quick and dirty, low-level exercises to keep trail riders entertained. Well, <laughs> gotta love going around in circles. Yeah, I love going around in circles. meter circle is really cool. It's fun <laughs> and it's exciting. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I actually had this dilemma come up the other day. Phil, you may not like my response, but this is what I did. So um, I teach at a wonderful um, barn, which is a pony club center, uh, Ariadne Equestrian in Simpsonville, Kentucky. And I go up there at least once a month. And so I have a lot of young, younger riders. And needless to say, thankfully, <laughs> with my bubbly personality, they are much happier to see me coming. Not really. They really want to jump, but they really have to ride dressage too. So a lot of my riders are in the beginner novice or starter division in eventing or novice. So a lot of them are moving up to novice now. So um, their tests are not incredibly exciting. Uh, they're also new to the sport. And so trying to figure out some ways that it's fun and exciting can be quite challenging. But what I came up with the other day, which actually worked really well, was I asked 
each of the writers, uh, we pulled in the, I don't know the cool term now, but the uh, boombox slash music maker um, <laughs> to the arena. And I had them all pick their favorite songs. Oh, that's fun. And we would pick the favorite songs and then they would ride their test to their favorite songs. That helped a tremendous amount. So I would say, number one, I like to ride to music. And I don't know about Phil, because sometimes he's not any fun. Um, but <laughs> I I do. I like to, even myself, like I put put on the music. I It's funny. I have certain horses I change the music for, depending on who and what we're feeling. Um, but I'm a big um, proponent to riding to music. Uh, that makes your circles far more exciting. Uh, the other things you can do is you can um, add in some cavalettis or some pole. There's uh, lots of stuff to do with cavalettis and poles that are great. Um, I also feel like riding outside. Uh, if you have a flat spot, you can go out and not be in the arena um, is fantastic. I think riding in a different venue, if you have it, is good. Or even going to a friend's house so you can practice your circles. Um, but on some level, when you ride dressage, you know that the hardest part of dressage, I think, is the basic levels. Uh, the very bottom of the scale of training, which is rhythm and relaxation. Uh, and that takes the hardest and the longest amount of time. So uh, those are some ideas I have, uh, plus a very fun, bubbly instructor. Philip, can you be fun and bubbly? Apparently not. No. <laughs> are you there, Philip? Um, do, you, do, you uh, do you have other suggestions besides fun and bubbly? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think if you are just getting on and saying, all right, I'm going to ride in a circle or I'm going to, you know, then then it's not really fun because you don't have any like you don't know where to go. Right. It sounds like, so you, you know, making if you very have very little experience with it. Help, huh? So that, OK, I'm going to yeah, just having a very exactly short. Yeah. Now, okay. Just like even for half an hour or like, hey, can you, you know, um, you know, it, it takes somebody saying, you know what, that walk trot transition could be better or your trot in general or your walk or your gait could be better in general. Try and do this. And then you try and do it. That's, I think, the whole kind of thing. So if you're on your own and you're just like, I'm going to go and ride dressage today, put it in quotes, you know, flat work, then that's like not really fun and kind of difficult to kind of figure out where you're at, where your starting point is. So, you know, just think of, um, and if you can't find anybody or there's, you know, then what you should do is um, try and ride a test pattern. Well, that's, even that makes it more interesting, it. yeah, because then you have the challenge yeah, of remembering where you're going. You got yeah. a whole test to go yeah. through. So even if it's training level one or just pick one, uh, first level test two or you know start writing one and just continue on through them and then you can maybe take a videotape and um, compare it against that u.s i know a lot of my students have really uh, enjoyed is it the usef or usdf uh through the levels um series where they 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 have riders um ride all the you know mm -hmm. through, yeah. on the levels yep. on yep, videotape right. and then a judge or something is talking through it and to tell you kind of what the point of the level is and what you should be looking for and sort of compare your ride against you know or even just on youtube i think you can look up some videos and whatever there. and say yeah. yeah okay i don't look like that and then try and how figure out yeah. how, how do i get do there? that and on that know, and then, on that same vein uh one of the things that yeah. i will do sometimes a lot more so when i competed is i would take a dressage test that wasn't at a level I rode at. I could take a second level test or something like that. Yeah. And I would kind of jot it down and I would substitute in movements that I could accomplish. So if it had yeah. a shoulder in trot, well, 
shoulder in trot really didn't happen in my world. Well, I'd substitute in that movement. I'd put the shoulder in walk. And I basically rewrite the test, substituting out movements that I could at least try to accomplish. And that was kind of a lot of fun because it gave my brain a challenge to get the test so that I could still ride it. And then I could challenge myself doing movements that were at least doable. You know, sorry, there wasn't going to be any flying changes in my life, but okay, we'll put, <laughs> we'll put a, we'll put a simple yeah. change in there. And that was very Absolutely. entertaining to do it. Cause it, it just gave you something to chew on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're lucky enough to have a dressage horse already, um, you could give these movements a go and then you say, well, you know, it's second level is a great level because it kind of has some more interesting stuff. So you say, well, I'm going to ride a shoulder and well, what is a shoulder and do a little research, go out there and see if you can kind of figure it out. I don't know. This is my suggestion. I got one other one as we're chatting. Um, I love the book 101 um, Dressage Exercises. And it's Jacques Ballou, isn't it? Jacques Ballou wrote it. Yeah, we've had her on the show. She's been on the show before and we should get her back on. But she's lovely. And she has a book, 101 Dressage Exercises. And what I do uh, when I go to Florida or if I'm away traveling, I pull that book out and I say to my students, okay, go through this book and show me which exercises you can ride. And I really do think that that's, again, it's something you can look at it and you can go do it. And I think that's a fantastic book to do it. Um, and I would recommend that book for kind of anybody, if you're kind of don't have a trainer or there's a significant time between you see your, you know, when your trainer, um, but that's a really good book. And again, listening, we've had now this really awesome series going on about movements. Uh, listen to the show on the way to the barn and try a shoulder in or try a haunches in um, that we've done here on the show and see if you can achieve that. So uh, I think those are some great ideas. Uh, we got rolling on this one. Initially, we were like, uh, but there's a lot of fun things and a lot of cool things that you can do with your horse. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to be perfect. That's the thing. Like when you learn anything for the first time, nothing has to be perfect. So feel free. Just try it. And you won't typically, if you're, you're taking it easy, you won't hurt your horse. And they'll tell you if they're, they are ready or not. And, and it's, a, it's a good way to do it. So Yay. I hope well, that helps. Go and send, us, send us another email and see how it's going. Yeah. And then we can, yeah. maybe we can coach you. From the radio show, you know, what a needs little to bit. <laughs> I need. We all need to see a picture of Denise sitting yes. on the giant, yeah, fancy leopard Appaloosa dressage pony. I oh, that would be awesome! Yeah. Please, name please, Spotzilla. Yeah. Oh, get out! <laughs> yeah, oh, Spotzilla. Spotzilla. Super cool. Super cool. Yes, please send us the the picture. That would be amazing. Cool. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund 
plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, I enjoyed that Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. That was lots of fun, and it came from our Facebook page. And we love Facebook or email questions. Feel free anytime. Uh, We love it, and we really try to get to everybody's questions if we can. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is probably on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.